0: Hello, you're listening to Sexpertise, and I am your host, your favorite sexpert, Erica Rivera. So we're doing things a little bit differently again. Yes, I know you've heard it before, but this time it's for real. It's Sex Expertise is going to be rebranded, and we're going to stick to what it was originally supposed to be, and that is a lighthearted, sex-positive, fun, educational podcast we're going to leave the social issues for my nonprofit organization the National Care Foundation. You can find uh them on YouTube. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, NTL Care Foundation. And that's where I'm going to leave that because although everything I've spoken about until this day on sex expertise has been very important, it wasn't quite working for me and that's just my truth. Um, I think it, it worked for a lot of my listeners. I have a lot of fans, a lot of people that really have enjoyed past episodes, but it's not the direction that I feel this platform was supposed to take. So I'm going to reel it back some and kind of get to the sex positive topics that were meant to be spoken about on here. So I haven't put out a an episode since December of 2022, and I took the last couple months to really... You know, make sure that this is what I wanted to do because, like I said, I have a lot of people that have been listening to Sex Verties, enjoy the content. They enjoy some of the social issues that I touch base on, you know, sexual assault awareness, domestic violence awareness, uh, things of that nature. And, like I said, it, those episodes are going to stay up. You can, you know, definitely listen to them again and again. And I'm not taken away from that. I just think that this particular podcast, uh, this, this isn't the platform for for that any longer. So we are evolving. Sexpertise, you know, it's in the name, Sexpertise. So your local Sexpert, that's me. Expertise, because my expertise is everything related to sexual health. And the reason why I spell it with T-E-A-S-E at the end is because I'd like to think that my listeners will want to learn and know more after the conclusion of any given episode, so um, we're going to make Sex Expertise an 18 plus podcast. I'm going to touch base on sex positive topics that may not be appropriate for for younger listeners, and you know, I'm just going to be talking about what you guys are thinking anyway, so it's not a big deal. <laughs> um, so today, you know specifically, I want to talk about what that means. What does it mean to be sex positive? You know, you hear that term, and, and I don't think everyone understands what it what it really means. You know, intimacy, holding hands, sharing a hug, or, or having sex, can have long-lasting positive effects on our health and psychological well-being. You might be hearing that phrase "sex positive" pop up on social media, reality TV shows, but it's not a new term. The term goes back to the 1920s and it just happened to resurface at different times, different moments in pop culture over the years. But what does that really mean? The sex positive movement is a movement that seeks to change cultural attitudes and norms around sexuality, promoting the recognition of sexuality as a natural and healthy part of the human experience. Sex is an integral part of the human experience, and for far too long, the topic has been clouded in stigma, shame, and judgment, and you've heard me say it in past episodes, I am here to destigmatize the topic of sex. Sex negativity is taught in abstinence, it's taught in fear-based school sex education programs, it's preached by religious leaders, and instilled by many parents. It's in shows and movies that we watch and policies that our governments pass. And it can be very harmful at any of those levels. So the sex positivity movement aims to change that. And I'm definitely a part of that. So, you know, you may have also seen other terms and hashtags over, you know, the last couple years, like hashtag free the nipple or hashtag F your beauty standards, hashtag sexual health is health. That that one I definitely agree with, you know, but... Most broadly, sex positivity says that sex can be a positive thing in a person's life. It can be a positive thing in a person's life. Just listen to that again. So, sex positivity involves being non judgmental and respectful regarding the diversity of sexuality and gender expressions as long as there is consent. More than just that, It is the idea that people should have space to embody, explore, and learn about their sexuality and gender without judgment and shame. So that's truly what it means to be sex positive. And moving forward, a lot of our episodes are now going to revolve around topics that we wouldn't normally touch base on. I think that After starting this podcast, you know, obviously, I'm a first-time podcaster. I've been a guest on other podcasts. I've been a guest on TV. I've been a guest on many things. I'm published in print. That's not the issue, but I'm a first-timer as far as hosting my own show, and I think over the past, like, year, year and a half, I played it safe talking about social issues because, believe it or not, it's actually a little easier to talk about some of that stuff. It's a little bit um, less intimidating to find out how someone is going to react to a social issue versus sex, you know, the actual act of sex. But because I, uh, you know, I was heavily influenced by Loveline, which is the radio syndicated show that uh, Dr. Drew and Adam Carolla had in the 90s, early 2000s. Um, Because I was heavily influenced by that, and that is what inspired me to have this podcast, I really, really want to continue to go in that direction and touch base on the things that we still see, like, still experience some sort of shock value towards. So something else that I'm going to touch base on today. So today's not just a summary episode or here's what I'm doing. I mean, half of it is. I did want to talk about sex positivity and what that means so that you could understand going forward. But the fun topic for today, I'm gonna to call it the fun topic, is we're gonna talk about threesomes. So, you know, that's pretty mild compared to most things that I could be talking about today. But March 3rd, I don't know if you knew it or not, but March, March 3rd was National Threesome Day. So yeah, there's a day for that. So there's a lot of actual like there's a lot of national sex days in general, um in our in our calendar and spring specifically. I mean we have things like National Threesome Day, um, we have a Makeout Day, you know all kinds of fun fun stuff. So today specifically, we'll talk about threesomes um, since March third was National Threesome Day. Now, if you've been thinking about a threesome experience for some time, but always postpone it, then threesome day would have been a good time to to try something new, (laughs) Um, but it's never too late. You can really try something new anytime. So really, if you have a regular partner, obviously ensure that you both seek such experience, discuss your rules, follow them strictly. You you don't wanna deal with some kind of disappointment um, in the long run but um yeah so threesomes are something that you know it's it's the single most common thing people mention when they describe their favorite fantasy of all time even if it's not your favorite it's something that most people appear to have thought about before with 95% of men and 87% of women saying that they've had a three-way fantasy at some point So this day was created to kind of represent a convenient opportunity to start bridging the gap between fantasy and reality by exploring that possibility, you know, especially during a time like COVID, which wasn't too long ago. um, It was, you know, a lot of people explored virtual threesomes uh, because of this particular day. And I mean, you could still do that now. You don't have to be, you know quarantined to, to do this. You know, a virtual threesome is a way to test the waters and to have an ex- exciting experience. You know, it's a way to practice communication while also staying safe. So a lot of people that don't have any experience with a multi-partner dynamic, this is a good way to practice in a virtual setting and figure out whether a real life threesome might be right for you and how to better navigate that situation in a way that reduces uncertainty and promotes mutual pleasure and enhanced communication. So, yeah, I think that it's it's just it's a very popular sexual fantasy and it's something that I just I wanted to touch base on especially with March 3rd having just passed. I think that it's important to understand the dynamics of a healthy threesome, the reasons for its appeal, and its potential risks and benefits, so that it can help you decide whether you're ready for that, um, or if that area of sexual exploration isn't for you. So first, let's talk about like what exactly as a threesome. So a threesome, also known as a trio or menage a trois, which is French for a household of three, is a sexual act in which three people engage in explicit sexual behavior with each other simultaneously. So participants in a threesome can be any combination of genders, sexes, or sexualities. You may have already come across the terms MMF, referring to two men and a woman, or FFM, referring to two women and one man whenever you've researched threesomes on your own. The specific sexual acts during the threesome are unique to each situation. Every trio determines its own rules and boundaries according to everyone's, uh, all the participants' uh, desires or level of comfort. And the term threesome differs from the term group sex, which refers to sexual acts involving four or more people. So let's talk about different relationships that might lead to threesomes. So it can be, talking about sexual behavior can be tricky if the terminology isn't, you know, isn't clear. While a sexual term might have a particular meaning for you, it could have an entire different meaning for your potential partner. The following terms, that I'm about to describe now refer to lifestyles that might involve threesomes. So understanding these terms is going to be the first step in knowing how most threesomes can come about. So first term is swinging. Swinging is a fairly old term, but many people still use it today. It refers to couples, uh, well, it refers to sexual partners, married or not, who like to have sex with other couples and singles. And this could be in the form of group sex, but it may also involve threesomes. Polyamory is the next term. Polyamory is a lifestyle in which you, your partner, or both may be sexually or intimately involved with others. This differs from monogamy, where both partners agree to be intimate only with each other. For people in a polyamorous relationship, sexual intimacy is permissible between people who are just friends rather than partners, and this interplay between friendship and intimacy may also lead to threesomes. Next term is an open marriage or an open relationship. In this particular dynamic, the two spouses or partners are allowed to have sex with someone other than their spouse. An open marriage could lead to a threesome in which the couple has sex with one person. And lastly, we also have consensual non-monogamy. So that's also a term on its own, usually abbreviated as CNM. So CNM refers to a range of relational and sexual practices where people have more than one sexual partner, and each sexual partner is explicitly aware of the others. All the terms listed can be categorized as CNM types. Openness is the key that distinguishes CNM from cheating or infidelity since honesty is the foundation of consensual non-monogamy. So what do people think about threesomes? Like I mentioned earlier, the desire for a threesome is typically stronger among men, about 95% and 87% of women have fantasized about having a threesome. I mean, but that's still pretty up there. 87% of women have fantasized it as well, so it's not just men. You know, that's that's just kind of what most people say, but women have also fantasized about it. Um, most men report that threesomes are their number one sexual fantasy. Still, a very small percentage of people actually follow through with that desire for a threesome. A recent study indicates that only 10% of women and 18% of men have experienced a threesome firsthand. Now, that is a very low percentage compared to the amount of people that have fantasized about it. The question that seems to sway most people's interests in a threesome is the question of who the third partner will be. For both men and women, the idea of having a threesome involving someone familiar, a friend or acquaintance, instead of a stranger, raises their opinion of it. Threesomes can still carry a cultural stigma along with the prevalent double standard where women who've had a threesome are perceived more negatively than men who have done the same. And you're probably asking yourself, are there any benefits to to doing this? Are there any benefits of having a threesome? Well, I think I think so. A-, a threesome can be a way to explore new modes of sexuality. You know, it's a new way to please your partner, spice up your relationship and satisfy your sexual fantasies. Over 80% of people who've had a threesome also said that it was a one-time experience and mainly a means of feeding their curiosity. Threesomes can also in- bring improvement to communication among partners it can strengthen their bond, and it could preserve the specialness of their relationship. Some research supports surprising and positive psychological benefits as well. For example, threesomes can also be a means of normalizing homosexuality and homoerotic tendencies and addressing inhibitions in sexual performance. So how does one have their first threesome? Well, first of all, you want to talk about it. This is the most important. You understand what a threesome is. Now you need to talk about how to have that threesome. There's a few ways to initiate this particular fantasy. So have honest communication with your partner before you even engage in your first threesome. The more openly you discuss your fantasies and desire, the more likely you're to avoid jealousy and hurt down the line. Also, communication doesn't start and end before the threesome. Some couples find it beneficial to continue communicating their feelings during and after. Secondly, have a plan. Your first threesome isn't likely to happen out of the blue. So it's important for you and your partner to plan ahead. Talk about your potential partners. Figure out the logistics of where and when to have the threesome, discuss safety, and negotiate ground rules that make all participants comfortable. You might find it even beneficial to discuss threesome positions ahead of time. And lastly, be on the same page. A healthy threesome can only happen when both partners give consent. You might want to initiate a threesome, but your partner may not be interested. Respect the boundaries of your partner and don't pressure them. Instead, explore your partner's desires. If your partner is generally unresponsive to sex, it may indicate insecurity or something lacking in the relationship. If this is the case, instead of a threesome, I would say to try spicing up your relationship with role-playing or toys. So, you know, if you don't see the interest is there yet, try something else before you put you know a threesome on the table so there's also risks what are some risks of a threesome people tend to assume that threesomes lead to feelings of romantic jealousy but this is a huge misconception jealousy commitment issues and relationship dissatisfaction are just as likely to come up in monogamous relationships nevertheless Anybody trying a threesome for the first time should be mindful of safety. The practice of safe sex in a threesome is no different than safe sex between a monogamous couple. Trust any new partners you introduce into your relationship and they understand the rules of safe sex. Currently, there isn't really any data that indicates that STIs occur at a higher rate in people who engage in mixed-gender threesomes than those who don't. However, the risk of HIV transmission during same-sex threesomes involving men has increased considerably. So that's something to, to also keep in mind, you know, definitely practice safe sex and make sure that everyone is consenting, make sure that you trust the partners involved, and like I mentioned, you know, the, every time someone tells me like, oh, but, you know, the jealousy, that's, that's really the least of your worries when it comes to a threesome because it could still happen uh, between a monogamous couple. You know, it's, it's that communication and being on the same page and having a plan like that's what's going to be most important in order to avoid jealousy and hurt later on. So communication always, Uh, you're probably going to hear me say that time and time again with all kinds of topics. But that is tonight's episode. You know, it was, I wanted to make sure to mention, hey, we're switching things up. Everything's going to be sex positive from here on out. First topic, threesomes right off the bat. Here you go. And um, now I'd like to go ahead and let you guys know that if you want to, support this podcast. Like if you want to see better content and I say see, because I know right now you can only hear me, but if you want to start seeing the content, um, I really, I really need the support. <laughs> so go to patreon.com slash the Rivera. Support the podcast, even if it's a $3 a month tier. And just know that money is going to be going towards a YouTube setup. So, you know, obviously I have my microphone. That's how you guys hear me now. Um, but as far as like lighting and and the things that I need to put this on YouTube so that this is also a visual podcast, it requires some extra funds. So check out patreon.com slash the Erica Rivera. I also would love to start interviewing people. I would love to include some of my favorite favorite people that are in my life as guests. Um, I'm talking, you know, Boudoir photographers. I'm talking comedians. I'm talking, you know, all the people that would make this an even better uh, dynamic and, and just fun to listen to. Like I said, it's, it's meant to be fun, lighthearted. We're gonna be talking about sex, but, you know, I want you to walk away having learned something or laughed at something, or just, you know, I just wanna make sure you're entertained. And speaking of entertainment, there's some phenomenal drag performers that I would love to have on this show as well. So, you know, I'm going to definitely bridge the gap in communication. I'm going to definitely destigmatize the topic of sex, sexuality, and it's just... I'm, I have something else in mind for this all together in 2023. And I really hope that those of you that have been listening will continue on this journey with me. So again, make sure to go to patreon.com slash the Erica Rivera. You can also find me on Facebook, Instagram, the Erica Rivera. And yeah, that's all for tonight. Stay tuned uh, for the next episode, which is going to be March 23rd. And I'm actually going to let you know what the uh, topic is right now. We're going to talk about Steak and blowjob day. So that's what we're going to talk about. I'm not going to give you any more details. Make sure to tune in for the next episode on March 23rd.